The Koi Gig Pod. For me, it's difficult because if Chelsea aren't playing well or they need something to get someone to get them out of it, I don't think they have it. So I think they're in a difficult place. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Zemo going on his own. He gets the try. The Red 78. We're both monster people. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. Hello and welcome along. I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 62 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. And with me as always is my partner in crime, Neve. How are you, Neve? Busy weekend? Busy weekend, Quinny. How are you doing? I'm good, yeah. yeah. I was in Twickenham on Saturday for France. England, France. Oh. <laughs> I'm very surprised. How did, how did that go, tell me? Yeah, I thought England were... Um, for me, I thought England had a real chance of winning this game here, and I thought they'd get better from from what they uh, from the win in Cardiff in the previous round. Uh, but the opposite happened; they were absolutely woeful, and uh, France were incredible. So, France, I think, need to give a reminder to everybody in the rugby world that they're not going away anywhere just because they lost to Ireland. They're still an incredible they, side. They were ruthless, weren't they? I think. Uh... The English pack definitely. I felt like the, they'll have a lot of soul searching this week. They were uh, physically um, out muscled in in so many facets of that game, and I just think, um, yeah, it was it was interesting. I actually I didn't watch it on Virgin. I watched it on ITV, and uh, Clive Woodward and Johnny Wilkinson were in the studio afterwards, and. Shell shocks to say the least. They just don't even. They didn't even really know where to begin. Which is funny because uh, I always feel like when Eddie Jones lost any games, they were pretty much happy enough to come down hard on them. Uh, maybe Bortswick's got a little bit of a pass because he's only in the door. But um, gosh, they looked so uh, all over the shop, really. And uh, France were just so ruthless. Oh my goodness, different so, level. Clive Woodward doesn't, uh, he didn't seem to click with Eddie. Both of them were having cuts off each other a lot. But um, mm. yeah, I think I think it's fair to give Steve Bortwick. He has to be given some yeah. time here with this side. I think they're a lot better than what we saw at the weekend. I, we'll talk obviously a little bit about them coming to Dublin soon. Tell us about your preparation. Um, you have a six, your first Six Nations game is next week against Wales on Saturday week. So had you camped this weekend? Yeah, so we're actually in camp at the moment. Um, it's it's different this year because of the full-time players and the players playing in England were in during the week now, which is brilliant. So we've a lot of time together as opposed to Full coming in. Fr- yeah, so as opposed to coming in on a Friday and heading home on a Sunday, we're getting so much work done now because we're literally been in since uh, Sunday. So um, really good. We had a really good uh, an admin day. Uh, it was great to be able to get all that out of the way. We went to the Guinness storehouse on Sunday evening, had my first ever pint of Guinness. Uh, first ever first ever interesting taste um, but it was great and you know what it was it was brilliant because we have a lot of new girls in the squad a lot of young girls so it was a really good just kind of settler for them and then uh, so give us a, give us our, give us the list give the listeners an idea of what kind of the weekend looked like so you were together at the weekend and you're still in camp and when do you yes yeah, so we came in we came in Sunday morning and, Sunday morning um, okay and you um, finished when uh, we're actually because Paddy's weekend we're finishing on um, Thursday or Wednesday evening Thursday right so give us week. an idea of what the week looks like so Sunday yeah, so uh, Sunday was stuff, is it? just for this week because obviously we needed to get everything sorted and then we had a little bit of a team thing dinner and stuff in the Guinness storehouse yesterday and this is completely new and you'll probably be used to this but we've never done anything like this so we call these install days so everything is not, not a huge amount of running very little in fact everything is kind of walkthroughs 
uh, giving the players lots of information in relation to the attacks and defence from a backline point of view about what we're trying to do and what our vision is. Um, and then we go out and we walk through it and then we come back in and they had a gym session as well and then we had team walkthroughs. So then today we ramp it up, we build it. So we were in a building phase today and then tomorrow is performance. So we actually go and have a cut off each other. So it's about building the week up, which is something that we've, we've been, I've been used to absolutely going hammer and tongs for four sessions over two days. Uh, Saturdays and Sundays, it's been, uh, it's been brilliant because you can start actively see players are thinking now and they're starting to understand things and, uh, so yes, there was a really, really, really important day. And once we get those clarity days and those install days nailed down a bit more because we players that are running and players that are walking. Whereas if you go and watch a men's install day, they're all on the same page in terms of um, of what they're trying to do and the information they're receiving. So, um, But it, the, the fact is that because we're together for the whole week, we, we have the ability to do that. Whereas when you were coming in for weekend camps, it was just trying to load information load physical capacity and and try and bash them together and try and get a re- an end result whereas we're in such a much better and brighter spot and I think to be fair to Greg and John Dennis the Greg and John especially because they're here full time I think they've they've put together a brilliant program and a brilliant idea of how how we can start to ramp things up and build things Does that give you more confidence so around performance that the girls will know their roles in certain areas of the field and obviously for for people who don't know the walkthroughs are really to chat through stuff so and you ask questions you stop you say the reason we're doing this is because we want to play two phases and then kick down the right side kick down the left side whatever particularly around exits is really really important does it give you more confidence so that you get that detail obviously match week I think you're trying to stay it's more about ramping it up team runs stuff like that doing it with pace it needs to be so are you more confident that you'd be better prepared? Yeah, 100%, really and truly. Because yesterday I had a little, like my first time involved doing something like that from a coaching point of view. So I'm also learning loads. But um, so you kind of not try not to panic yesterday, even when you're going back to the hotel and you're looking at the video and stuff and you're going back to present this morning. Whereas we've just come back off our morning session now and it's been really, really good because the clarity was there in relation to the detail of what they're trying to do. And now we're just trying to put pace onto it. So, yeah, look, hopefully, um, it'll be, it'll, it'll stand to us. And I, I do think that the players are enjoying it this way. Okay, um, we'll get more off you next week, definitely. Um, I'm sure you might have a few people qu- uh, quizzing you about how many monster girls are going to be on the squad, <laughs> but you have to be completely impartial. We had that question last week. Um, there was only six monster girls in the squad, but we'll give you a pass on it for now. But uh, for the summer and for whatever competitions you have going forward, we want to see a few more monster girls in there. So I'll give, I'll give you the pass now, seeing as you know what I mean. Thanks. So yeah, I know I knew you'd be happy with that. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to the men's international. We've no we have no monster game this to review or nothing to preview. There is no real news coming out of Munster and no major updates on players coming back. Um ahead of the game against Glasgow on Saturday week, a really pivotal game because we know, obviously, if Munster win, they go will go ahead at Glasgow in the league. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a very busy couple of weeks after that with a couple of trips to South Africa. Um, but obviously, it's all Ireland in, uh, in this podcast. Scotland 7, Ireland 22. Before we get into the nitty-gritty parts of it, um, does the scoreline surprise you? Did you think Ireland win by 15 points? And particularly with 20 minutes to go, look really comfortable? 
before before the match, yes. Twenty minutes into the match, no. Uh, uh, that is one of the most incredible performances uh, I've ever seen in terms of the resilience um, and the 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 ability not to panic, h- how adaptive they are, and it's great because. Um, we were only talking about it as backline that if something happened and say your scrum half ended up having, we're talking about knowing everybody's roles. That if you, for example, had to fill in a fullback or fill in in the centre, I was querying yesterday about whether you know we'd be able to have the capacity to do that. Then you look at somebody yeah. like Keen Healy or Josh Van der Fleer and the ability to be able to 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 do that, and and you're thinking, well, that's the perfect example. Um, and and I know things not life for life, but what I'm just saying is that if you have an idea of a role. You know, and I, I, you know, Andy Farrell said it at half time. It was like the kind of nearly burst out laughing in terms of the carnage that was happening. They were trying to explain things to Keen Healy in terms of the, the, the line out and scrum and, and, and then Josh and stuff. And to be able to put that performance, like that is, that's truly world class. Do you think the, the madness that went on, we call it, we'll go through all the injuries and what happened. Do you think when there's pivotal moments in sport like this, do you think? It helps everyone, even right down to the amateur level. I just think now, you know, obviously you can't, you only have a prop and a hooker in the AIL. Um, you're, you don't have the same number on the bench, all that kind of stuff. Um, but would this help you now? Would you prepare if he, in a similar situation, have one of your back rows being able to throw in, in throw into the line out or something like yeah, that? Yeah, see, we do, we kind of do, but to be fair, because he's there, Nick Verrett, who's um, probably played eight for Munster, but also as the Munster backup hooker. Um, so for sure. thing is that you'd also have a few girls that would have played sevens before. And sevens, they throw into the line quite a bit um, around different. So that would come in handy. But definitely lightened or started to make your your probably brain tick in relation to the team sheets, in relation to and, nominating. And go wrong, yeah, as well. Yeah, nominating more props or more hookers or more, you know what I mean, than, than we would have probably previously. Um, but yeah, so it's a scenario thinking, which has been a huge learning curve for me as a coach. I was just sitting there. Uh, watching the match and thinking, if I was in Andy Farrell's shoes, what would you do? And I had came into camp and Seth Dennis Fogarty were chatting about it in relation to what, what we would do. Dennis had a different uh, opinion than I would in terms of he was like, I'd have brought left, I'd have just, <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have packed up and then told someone else uh, to look after. But uh, phenomenal, brilliant planning, uh, and just goes to show the level of detail that they've gone into. Yeah, it's incredible. We we get into it more. Um, we were obviously gone very much green this week. Um, we're still the red 78, but we're focusing green. We've a lot of messages and, and a lot of positive stuff about this Irish team, which is no surprise. Uh, we've probably attracted in some uh, people outside of Munster to send us some messages as well. So um, if you want to crack through a few messages just to, to get the opinion on, on what the fans think. Yeah, look, I think, as you say, it's general all-around brilliance, to be fair. Uh, Victor Ford talked about Peter Manny outstanding in the line-out, even when everyone in the stadium knew it was coming to him. World class, his contribution at rook time was masterclass too. Brandy up-and-coming blindside to study, 80-minute game put into bed too, which is being huge. I think lots of people speaking about Peter Manny after the game. Wayne Corbett, hard game in the first half, played very well in the second. Team selection will be interesting for England. Thought about that. 
Uh, Morris Murphy, incredible from Ireland. Other Irish teams would have perished with everything that happened. But this squad of players and management are something special. Showed why they're number one in the world. England were poor, so I expect a backlash. But that victory was huge on Sunday. Very exciting. Uh, David, um, Pat incredible, back three peerless, but we'll, we'll bust was Gibson Park the difference. And um, we obviously chatted a quick briefly beforehand. We'll have a look at that. John Tuig, sorry, John, I pronounced your name wrong previously when he told me this morning. Uh, our squad depth is now at the deepest ever, as is our resilience. To be able to absorb losing five players, two hookers, seven throwing in the lineup. And still win a test match against the Pier 1 team is incredible. Bring on the abysmal English with no wheels in their chariot. Oh, uh, hashtag slam time. Uh, Edmund Stokes must be a first home team from Six Nations this weekend. Ireland, France, Scotland cannot improve the IRB ranking with any sort of win. Visitors are too lowly ranked. Not that it matters at this stage for the World Cup. Tom Morris, um, no, no question Ireland were immense, but were you were surprised how tactically poor Scotland were in terms of managing the game and line up when Ireland were having to throw in without a hooker on the field? What would you say to that, Quinny? Um, I think we have to give credit to either Van well, Fleer and O'Mahony. 100%. So if I'm marking Peter O'Mahony at the front of the line-out, it's, it's a 50-50 race to see who can get up quicker. And obviously then the execution of the throw from, from Josh van der Fleer. I thought some of the throws into the lineout were actually good. Even the ones, there was two or three that kind of didn't hit the jumper when he went middle back. Um, I thought the throws were fine. The jumpers were a bit slow up. Um, but their tactics and their their game management, well, with respect to Finn Russell, that's not he's the biggest strength of his game. The biggest strength of his game is is passing, running, trying to play, injecting pace. But from a pack point of view, like I still even think that, like I know Omani's exceptional in the lineup, but I still felt like that Scotland were a little bit like naive or slow in terms of getting off the ground and they were and putting slow. him under pressure. But listen, yeah, people often people often wonder what, what is there. Is there something different that Peter Manny is doing that someone else can't do in the back rows of the lineup? Well. You saw what the difference was. He's so quick off the ground. Yeah, he's so comfortable in the air. And he was vital and, and his leadership as well. So we'll talk about the individual performances a little bit more. But I think, yes, it, he was really pivotal in giving the confidence to to Josh van der Fleer, who did an incredible job taking on that role. Um, so, yeah, that was... that was um, he Very was, good. He was a big plus there to have him there on the field. Yeah, just just a couple more. Liam Sheehan, England will be dangerous. They are hurting and have nothing to lose. Amazing performance from Ireland given the circumstances. Replacement seems to drive the team on. Great physical and mental resilience. Under 20s were a different class. We need to speak with them as well. Tom Lundergan quoted the Six Nations under 20s on the BBC after 10 minutes. Brian Gleeson is a juggernaut in New Jersey. Great to see Ruan get the man the match. Seniors have earned their Grand Slam. Don't think England can spoil it. Andy Farrell has them all in a place where no one is precious precious, and everyone is a giant. I think that's, that couldn't, I think that's, that is the most appropriate tweet. I think that's basically, the rest are all pretty good. I think Paul Hart speaks about uh, John Klein getting a call up and um, playing really good stuff for Munster um, and wondered whether a wounded England um and the wounded England still beat a, a, a very well-oiled machine in Ireland. But um, yeah, I think Andy Farrell's man management in all of this has been incredible. 
what's he doing different than anyone else is doing? And why? Why? A lot of people say here that, well, I say it myself, um, they're mentally so composed, nothing seems to go wrong. Why is that? Why is this team mentally so, so strong? I saw them in New Zealand firsthand last year. And, you know, from my own experience of being on tour in New Zealand, it's a really daunting task when you're going down there, no matter what team they roll out. I know they weren't at the, the height of their powers last summer, you could argue. Um, but I saw them firsthand, body language, composure after losing that first test. And one of the things that jumps out for me is there's so many leaders in this team now. What, what's yeah. your opinion on why they're so mentally strong? Yeah, look, I think a couple of things. I think a lot has been said about Gary Keegan's role over the last couple of weeks, months. I think he's um, renowned around Ireland for getting the best out of people and and um, allowing players to be comfortable in in this kind of chaos. Um, and I think that and having the ability to be able to think clearly. Gary Keegan is their sports psychologist. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, like he's a high performance. Yeah, so but he's he's got this ability to. Um, Get to get players to live in the moment, it's not just in but Ireland, but in pre- his previous things, and and that's huge. I think Andy Farrell's um, ability to stay calm and everything, um, and he's this guy that's you know he was captain of England rugby league team at eighteen. He exudes this presence, and um, but it's it's that ability to keep things lighthearted, keep things calm, and then also you know lift people up by empowering them. And I think he empowers this group. He gives them the confidence to be able to go. And it's funny, you know, we were at that monster dinner, I don't know if you, in, in London last Thursday and Graham Rancher was on the stage and he I was got, I got no, I got no invite. No, I, didn't make the, <laughs> I didn't make the cut this time. But anyway, go on, tell us all about um, it. But he, he got asked about who the best coach he ever worked with or ever played under. And he said, Andy Farrell, straight. And then didn't even take a breath. Andy Farrell. He spoke about him as a as a person and as a as a coach, as a as a manager. Um and that for me was enough because um, you know, Gray Rangers been around this game for a huge amount of time. He knows so much. He's old school and he's new school and he's got you know, he's got to manage everything in between. But when he speaks, he spoke about him in such a high regard. Um, you know, clearly that's it. But you can see it. You can see it in his body language. You can see it in how he speaks to the media before and after games. So I just think he, it's his ability to give those players confidence that no matter what happens, no matter, you know, if the shit hits the fan or whatever it is, it's their ability to live in that moment to, to back themselves and sure, like, you're never going to get another situation like the one that you got at Saturday. Like, remember Argentina back in... In, in the World Cup when we had all those injuries and we just couldn't cope. You feel now, no matter what gets shown in Ireland, that they'll have that ability to cope. They might not win, but they'll have the ability to cope and it won't be catastrophic. Yeah, because if you look back at the injuries and stuff, the injury profile, even at the start against Wales, um, you know, the, a number of players, Robbie Henshaw, Gibson Park, Tyke Furlong missing. Uh, who else was missing from that game? Um, oh, there was like six of them. You know, Robbie Henshaw was missing, and um, Robert Ballacoon has been injured for a long time. Yeah, as well. the wingers as well. More, more players that are that are not available. I think obviously against France, the big winner was Finley Beelham for yeah. Ireland. Obviously, he was. It's brilliant for himself. Um, he he deserves huge credit, Finley Beelham. So unfortunate to get injured in Italy. 
Um, he's been a, a big winner in this tournament and it's a big plus for, for the Ireland team that he was able to go out and perform um, and deliver, particularly against But also, Tom O'Toole as well. Like, Tom, he's Tom really... O'Toole, yeah. He's yeah, been outstanding. So, so um, good. And, but I think it's everybody across the bar. It's funny, you know, I met a couple of them this morning, a couple of them that hadn't really played. So, you speak to them and, you, you know, you're you're asking them how they are. Good, good. You know, brilliant when the weekend. And then you'll say, like, oh, are you, are you frustrated? Or, no, not frustrated. It's different up here. You know, it's different. I know I'll get an opportunity at some stage. Training is different. You know what I mean? So they're, they're all in it together. Um, so I think it's been really, really good. Okay, brilliant. Um, there's one more email that came into, uh, <laughs> was sent in to the rugby, uh, to our, our yeah. email account uh, from John Tuick. John tweeted as well. Um, I'm going to read the first bit because I'm a bit of a coward if I don't. Hi, Neve and Alan. Hope you're well, both of you. I want to thank you for reading out my tweets regularly on the pod. Neve, if you could get a word in sideways uh, in the pod would be even better. You need to start doing the show together so you can give Quinny a kick when he's rambling, which he often does. Uh, John then talks about uh, being in his late 50s and watching a lot of tough days in, in, in the 90s. Um, basically saying Ireland have come such a long way, the standard of the whole, you know, for the way they're playing, the provinces, all that kind of stuff. So we should really enjoy this moment and um, and really enjoy it. And also about the under-20s, uh, it could be a double grand slam. So, um, John, yeah, John, I'm sorry if I'm rambling, John. <clears throat> and I have no problem giving Le- Neve a bit more license to shut me up. But she, she says, she, she's, she just chats away and she doesn't shut <laughs> me up. So you, anyway, it's a reminder to do that. Thanks for that, John. Uh, I feel great about myself after that. Um, let's look at some of the stats here, Neve, and, 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 yeah. and a little bit. Um, I know there's a lot of coverage about this match the last few days, so we'll not try and bore people. Um, you talk about uh, game management. Ireland had 60% territory under a lot of pressure. Started the game quite well, then Scotland come back at them. Um, I thought they were really clever in the way they, they absorbed a lot of the pressure. And yeah. They had some really big moments. Namely, the Josh van der Fleer turnover, James Ryan tackle um, near the Irish line into touch, Stuart Hogg, Andrew Porter tackle just before half time as well, right when the clock was red. So, this Ireland team had an ability to come up with really big moments, um, which would indicate that they're very comfortable in in attack and a defence. One area I would be concerned about, and the numbers have been pretty high, and I'll ask you about, is the missed tackle. We 25 missed tackles on Sunday. Are they kind of rolling the dice a little bit here and covering for each other when somebody does miss a tackle? Um, is that yeah, hugely. that Ireland need to get better, particularly with a, you know, obviously the weekend and then a World Cup in mind? Yeah, look, I think it's kind of similar. They kind of defend similar to the way Munster do. Um, so they put a huge emphasis on on line speed and a huge emphasis on, on their ability to scramble really well. Um, and I think that they've done that like so good. I think when you're coming up that quick and you're you're condensed and you've got to you you know what I mean. So you're, the line isn't spread out across the whole width of the pitch. I if you ever look at I, it, could, it's kind of condensed. But I just say, Neve, they're not coming off the line quick from scrums and lineouts. They are from phase play. Yeah, and that's one area. I think they're quite passive off scrums in particular. See, that that that's just because it's the hardest, the hardest place to, to defend from, and it's got the most space to attack into. 
So I think from that point of view, uh, I can kind of see we don't put a huge emphasis getting up really, really hard on ours either. To be fair, we talk about up and out. And I think that they do that. I just think it's connections. You've got to have connections all the time. They do it quite well. It's just the ability to be able to, when you've condensed in like that, you're always going to have, you're always going to show an outside and you're going to try and work really hard to get that out outside, which can leave soft edges on the inside. So, um, but it's, it's not really, it, look, I think any, any defense coach looks that that and goes, oh my God, we've missed 25 tackles. I think when you look at the overall context of the possession that Scotland have, the amount of time that they were in the 22 and, and coming away with only um, a try, I think Ireland would be really happy with that. Yeah, obviously it's not having a go at them. It's just saying it's a little bit worrying um, that we're allowing teams maybe in certain areas to 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 get through us, and then we're working so hard and so fit, we're covering it up. So I'm sure it's an area that Simon Easterby would want to tighten up on. Um, turnovers conceded 13, which is yeah, look, it's always going to happen. You're always going to have have um, turnovers in the game. Penalties conceded on. Can we six. just talk about also the fact that that was incredible stuff, by the way? Can we just talk about the fact that. Scotland were playing really, really well. Scotland were really, really good. So you have to give them due to the fact that we managed to nullify them to one score, a very few big line breaks in terms of of actual scoring chances. And um, and they were always going to have a certain amount of pressure, possession and pressure. That's, you know, they were at home. They live off that. And the fact that Russell has the ability to be able to move the play around so seamlessly, it was always going to kind of put you under a defensive pressure if that makes any sense it makes perfect sense and it's as I said it's a little bit um, it's a little bit misunderstood maybe the amount of missed tackles the obvious thing you go 25 but actually um, they only had clean, two clean breaks uh, Scotland yeah. so Ireland are actually defending really well in um, in many facets of the game like a scrag a, a scrag is a missed tackle like, do you know what I mean yeah so I know if you I know. scrag someone it's down as one but somebody else comes in to close it and they do a lot of that they do a lot of double hits yeah they had nine offloads Scotland at ten and you make a very valid yeah. point Scotland are a very dangerous side uh, France are a very dangerous side Italy's attack was probably the one that um, would frustrate a little bit but look um, it's a brilliant performance there were so many positives Um Let's talk about the, the carnage for a minute, um, the amount of players that went off. So, Caelan Doris goes, um, Ian Henderson, Dan Sheehan, uh, Ronan Kelleher, and Gary Ringrose was late in the game. It was a very worrying and concerning for that. But is there any international team at the moment could cope with, or any even provincial team or European team could cope with using losing three of their starting pack and then their substitute hooker when he comes on um, and given that you know they're all, we're already missing a, a, a starter out of that pack in Tigburn as well is there any other teams that you could think of could call no no I, and I actually my fantasy rugby team took a huge hit this weekend when my super sub was uh, was uh, Ron Keller um, disaster but uh, yeah look I think no that's that's the honest question and I think that's Ireland's have done so well. So I think when you look back to that New Zealand tour, bringing those two tests 
against the Marys was huge. I think when you look at uh, the emerging Ireland tour and, and that, 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 that's all been massive for us. And I think that when we look at that, now we're reaping the benefits of that. We're reaping the reward in relation to um, players coming in, everybody knowing their job and every spot in them. But like, that was such a freak at the weekend to come away with a victory there. You'd be buzzing. You'd be buzzing after it. Yeah, they deserve massive credit. Um, not just the mental strength, but the way they're able to play and... I thought, you know, with 20 minutes to go, they looked like, and they butchered a couple of more tries. Um, I thought that maybe they'll be hanging on here, that Scotland will be throwing everything at them. Yeah. They'll be protecting the lead, but it was Ireland who could have scored. Incredible performance individually. So many players you could mention. I thought Jack Conan coming off the bench. And look, we, we, we're we monster people and we've had the Gavin, Coom de- Gavin Coombs debate, a very legitimate one in the last couple of weeks. But I think Jack Conan showed his experience, yeah. his quality as well. And and I think everyone would acknowledge that. He was outstanding. Um, Josh Vanderford, our back rowers were superb. Um, right across well, the board. was incredible. That was one of Omani's best games in New Jersey, was, I thought. Yeah, yeah full um, of energy. Tackles. From so many uh, things. That give credit to Keane Healy. thought that was incredible. And to be fair, I thought Dave Kilcoyne was really hard done by not to make that bench. We can see now why in terms of the ability to cover across all three positions, huge. That's what saved the game ultimately because we would have went down to 14 if we had had to go uncontested. Um, yeah, so just for people, looking who don't, at, yeah. people who don't know this, um, Keane Healy would have been nominated as as a hooker as well. So that enables him to come off on the field. And there is contested scrums and the referee is happy. Play on. If he can't play in, hooker, in the hooker position and your two hookers are gone, it goes to uncontested and Ireland have to take a player off the field. So, um, brilliant preparation. And Josh van der Fleer throwing balls into the lineup, like we yeah. mentioned that. It's incredible. Um, <clears throat> the worry here is the injuries. Um, yeah. Who's ruled out? Well, Ty Bourne has already gone. Finley Bealham has already gone. Joe McCarthy's already gone. Gary Ringrose is now definitely gone. We wish him well. It looked quite nasty yeah very yeah um, we hope he's okay we're hearing he's okay Ian Henderson has already you know he was in the castrate after the game fractured his arm it's bad luck for him again terrible uh, Caelan Doris is doubtful but may make it Ronan Kelleher doubtful as well I, I can't see him making it if you've got a stinger or no power in your arm and a Sunday, six days later, you're going to be ready for internet. I don't know. Maybe it'll recover. Dan Sheehan and Dan same, Sheehan yeah. as well. So um, their backs are to the wall, six-day turnaround. But they just keep a- answering question after question after yeah. question this team. And they're phenomenal. But then you look at you look at someone like, then Robbie Henshaw comes in. Like, do you know what I mean? You're, you're replacing world-class with a line. Like, do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, he was yeah, outstanding. Yeah, it's going to be, it'll be interesting. It, yeah, oh, Gibbs Park was so good and I thought Murray did re- Murray's defensive work. If anybody could just go back and watch that game and tell me that Murray's not weighing his worth in goal, it was worth his weight in goals. His defensive work was incredible. He held up um Duan van der Merve. Literally he came like a like as in proper like really proper like right in top of nearly on their goal line, their try line, sorry. Um he had a huge tackle on him. So he's a really strong People don't give enough credit for that. But I just thought Gibson Park added something, uh, another element in attack. Yeah, his attack is brilliant. And I do agree with you about Conor Murray. Um, I think Jamie Ritchie's trying to steal a ball off a breakdown at one stage. And I saw someone criti- criticising Conor Murray for that. 
Um, an Irish player cleaned out the ruck and Jamie Ritchie yeah, pumps, and Murray, Murray holds on fights with him 50-50 and actually wins a scrum a lot yeah. of other scrum halves Jamie Ritchie would have taken the ball so but look Gibson Park's attack is is just at a different level he's so he did brilliantly for Conan's try the pass um, the box kick for James Law's try, Mac Hansen was, you know, yeah. was outstanding. Such a brilliant option coming in off the, the wing off scrums. And he did it several times. Um, such a brilliant footballer. I think Mac Hansen just, uh, he got, he deservedly got man of the match. And the captain really was outstanding as well. Sexton, you know, mm. Johnny Sexton was outstanding. I, th- I, I just think everybody's going man. And I think Andrew yeah. Porter having to play 80 minutes and he's charging around the field nonstop. So look, they're an incredible side. Um, there's a lot of Leinster players Brilliant. in the team. There's not enough Munster or Ulster or Connacht people, the other provinces would argue, but these guys are just at a different level and they deserve massive credit. Yeah. In my opinion, it's one of the best Irish sides ever, if not the best Irish side. I know they can come unstuck, so I'm going to move on now to England. So with me saying something like that, that this is possibly one of the best Irish sides ever, that'll surely give Steve Bortwick loads of ammunition when he tunes into the podcast later on <laughs> tomorrow um, that I'm talking yeah, yeah. about this much. But look, if you're in the English dressing room, we're not going to go in-depth here. They were dreadful on Saturday. Can they come to Dublin and do something to upset Ireland? They can, and if, and if they can so, come to Dublin. what do they do? Yeah, they can come to Dublin and they can make life a little bit difficult. But I... I don't think they can come to Dublin and win. I just don't think. I need to think they're on two different men, men, mentality-wise, physicality-wise, ability-wise, and then understanding game plans and stuff like that. I just think Ireland are just further down the road in their evolution. I think England made a huge mistake in replacing Eddie Jones so close to the World Cup. I think they've given the Ports with very little time to prepare for this for the Six Nations. Um, and I and I and I just yeah, I just don't think that they have that. Um, they definitely have the players that can make life difficult. They've got really good, like, you know, obviously, uh, Skend is really good, but I think, question marks around the other front row players and Jamie George and Sinker, I think Ali Chesson is a very good player, but then you look at that back line, it's just, they're very good at it, I think, in terms of that. They kick a lot, which will suit Ireland if they especially want to kick and kick in field. Um, that'll just allow Ireland's back three to, to be able to have freedom in terms of pace and, and space. Um and they have some very good players. Like Freddie Stewart is a very, very good fullback. He's incredible under the high ball. He's a big, huge man. He's very powerful. Um, but I just think very difficult to pick yourself up. I think you can come back with a reaction, but to truly believe and buy into everything that you're doing after that defeat France will be really difficult six six to six, seven days later. It'd be very difficult to pick them up. But look, um, I think Farrell will come back in. Two Alangi will start. Ben Youngs could even come back in the mix. And I think they'll just throw, I think they need to make changes in their back row. I think they'll throw everything at Ireland. And, yeah. Uh, we spoiled the party on them a number of times, but I just think this Ireland side can cope. They've shown they can cope with a lot of setbacks and adversity. So it should be a great weekend. Um, Andy Farrell has mm-hmm. kind of given the impression that, you know, he can deal with any of these things. And even if Ireland lost this game, it wouldn't be the end of the world. That's that's the way he's yeah. kind of approaching. That's the the exuberance and, and kind of calmness. Um, that's- I That's think, great. Then because they clear pressure off players. Rating. Yeah, um, yeah, hundred percent. Right, we, we we're, we're nearly done. Uh, Malachi Fekatoa is moving to Benetton. That was something that um, um, happened last week. We wish him well in that. I think he's played really well in the last while for Munster. 
Uh, we didn't see it pre-Christmas, unfortunately. And just uh, one last thing, the Munster Senior Cup final is on Thursday night and the former Munster president, who I know well, Sean McCullough, um, he does tune in, himself and his lovely wife tune into the, the podcast. So um, I have to give Nina a mention as 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 a Tipperarium. And Nina are playing Young Munster in Thoman Park under lights at half seven on Thursday night. Great chance for people to get out and, and go to the Senior Cup final. Um, Young Munster's going for three in a row. And Gerard was on the pro, 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 uh, podcast with us before. Gerard Prendergast, he won't mind me wishing Nina the very best in this one. <laughs> so uh, good luck to both of them. And of course, the Senior Cup final is on tomorrow or today. Uh, Thursday, Thursday night. Two two, two yeah. teams as well. Oh, so, so. the school's cup today the school's is cup. today. Yeah, today. Uh, yeah. So CBC, PBC, We have to. We have, We definitely have to a huge best of luck to the under twenties. I think they've really sold the, the hearts yeah. of the Irish public, uh, rugby public especially. I think they've been incredible. And look, the singles side are really, really good. Um, and I know Munster Park has been sold out for a few weeks now for Sunday's match so uh, we've Munster contingent in there as well so we want to wish them the lads the best of luck in that as well Yeah absolutely I'd, I'd second that uh, they've been brilliant and it'd be incredible for them to win a Grand Slam on Sunday as well but who knows sport can be strange Neve. just look at my beloved Liverpool against Bournemouth uh, one week 7-0 against United and the next week uh, we lose against Bournemouth okay you've got to go you're going back into camp um, thanks for giving us your time Neve, because you are really busy uh, so that's it for episode 62 of the pod all wrapped up this week so fingers crossed we'll be celebrating two Irish victories there in the senior team in the under 20s and then we look forward to Monster v Glasgow the following week the Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neve Briggs nobody knows Monster rugby better I'd like to think I know a lot <laughs>